This is a Triple M Footy podcast. With all the latest news and stories that matter right now in footy, it's Tom Brown's News. Good afternoon. Trade period has officially commenced today. I'll go off the top today with deals that are either done or we expect to go through today. And there's a little list already. Eamon, Carl Amon has officially become a hawk through free agency. In terms of the deals we expect to go through today, the Blake Akers deal to get to Carlton seems relatively straightforward for a third-round pick. That should go through by the close of business today. Uh, Bobby Hill should get to Collingwood by COB today. It looks like that deal could involve the Magpies' future second pick and a swap between GWS and Collingwood of third-rounders. His manager, is in Colin, his manager, Colin Young's in Melbourne today. I'm hoping to speak to him for the news tonight. Long from St Kilda. Getting the Gold Coast looks relatively straightforward. The timing on that not clear yet. And McStay is expected to officially join the Magpies this afternoon. The reason that Gunston hasn't gone through officially yet through free agency to Brisbane is essentially because Brisbane's trying to look at a trade for that situation as opposed to free agency because it would affect their compensation on McStay. So there's a little bit to play out in that regard. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest story so far of the trade period last night broken by the AFL website, Cal Toomey, Jason Horn Francis, last year's first rounder, seeking a trade back to South Australia. It looks like Port Adelaide clearly in pole position, given that Adelaide would have to use their first-round pick on Rankin. So Port in pole position to do this deal. The debate now is what is Horn Francis worth and whether North should take a stand and insist that he stays. Just to explain that, if North were to insist that Horn Francis see out the remaining one year of his contract, they risk only getting a first-round selection for him next year. They might only get one first-rounder. At the moment, it looks like they're in a good bargaining position to get up to two first-rounders and potentially a player back. So there's obviously debate as to whether North should take a stand. In terms of what North want, they indicated this morning that they had previous offers that were better than two first-rounders for Jason Horn francis and they were seeking a deal better than two first-rounders. So when was that? That was Adelaide last year. I think it was a verbal offer up to three first-rounders, but I think it involved a pick back so it was, in effect, that last offer that North received last year, really two and a half first-rounders. What's happened since then? Well, we know that Jason Horn francis is a rough diamond. We know that he's occasionally demonstrative towards teammates, and he did get dropped at one stage during the year. Mitch Cleary reported for his tr- standards in regards to recovery. You'd have to think that Luke Jackson is an analogous, um, comparable example in terms of what he's worth. What does Melbourne want for Jackson? Well, a top-ten pick and a future first and I would have thought, like for like, you could compare Jackson and Horn Francis on that basis. You'd have to think that Horn Francis is worth around two first-rounders and perhaps a player, if North could identify a port player, that wanted to join them. So there's going to be a lot of debate about the Horn Francis situation over the, over the next week or so in terms of, A, whether North should dig in. But I think they're resigned to the fact that he wants to go home for um, family reasons and uh, rejoin his family in South Australia and, B, what he's worth. But I think the prevailing view today is it's worth something around two first-round picks for Jason Horn francis This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. Better clarity from a range of clubs today on the situation concerning some big names. I'll start with Melbourne. They dismissed this morning at uh, the opening of the trade period this idea that Cozzy Pickett could go to port as crazy talk. Melbourne were open to trading Tomlinson. Tomlinson, in his exit interviews, indicated to the Demons he wants to play senior AFL football. 
So it's just a question there of whether a team would pick up Tomlinson. I know the Bulldogs obviously want defenders. Tomlinson couldn't get a game in that really uh, incredible, really defensive Melbourne outfit. Um, in regards to Pickett, Port didn't rule out an inquiry on Pickett, but again, Melbourne emphasised there's no point asking. Um, in regards to Brody Grundy, Melbourne and Collingwood have both indicated this morning that that deal is a fair way down the track. Melbourne have pick 32. The Pies would want something slightly higher than that. So uh, maybe that could involve a future first or something there, or obviously Melbourne trying to get themselves up the draft order slightly in that regard. But the essentially the move in terms of Grundy is a fair way down the track. There's been productive talks on that in recent weeks between Melbourne, Robbie DeRazio, and of course Collingwood, as reported on this podcast. And uh, look, they've all been mature discussions. A lot of Collingwood supporters ask me, oh, why are we losing Brody Grundy? And look, my understanding is pretty clear. Collingwood want to reallocate that salary cap money into different players. So there's been an adult discussion about Grundy, who's on about a million dollars a year with five years to run, moving clubs, and that's all been handled very professionally by all the parties in recent weeks. Still on Collingwood, Graham Wright spoke this morning. As I mentioned, Bobby Hill looks set to be done for a future second round. Frampton, they're in a good position to get him. Fiorini, they're in a reasonable position to get him. As for Tom Mitchell, he's at the bottom end of Collingwood's priorities. Graham Wright said he's a Hawthorne player and he's contracted at Hawthorne. In terms of what's going on with Tom Mitchell, the limitation there, clearly, A, he's a low priority for Collingwood once they get all their main deals done. B, he's on serious, serious money, up to $800,000 owed as part of his final year at Hawthorne, Tom Mitchell. So you'd think that Hawthorne would have to agree to pay a significant portion of that money should Collingwood pick up Tom Mitchell. What's interesting there is the net off effect, which people have, I don't think, sort of cotton onto as yet. If Collingwood pay 250000 odd of Grundy's money, but get Hawthorne to pay 250000 odd of Tom Mitchell's money, I know they're different players at different points in their career, but at least from a money perspective, Graham, Graham Wright could net off those amounts, which I think is interesting and fairly significant. Andrew Mackey spoke from the Cats this morning concerning Geelong's position. Asava Radagalia has agreed to stay. There was talk of him moving for opportunity, but Mackey clarified that Asava is a required player at the Cats. They've agreed to that. They're also the favourite Geelong for Jack Bowes. Concerning Oliver Henry, they're certainly interested in Henry and will work towards hopefully getting a deal done in that regard for the Magpie. But there's a bit of water to pass under the bridge in that regard yet. Essendon, Adrian Dodoro spoke. He admitted they're starting behind the eight ball, the Bombers, from a trade perspective, given they only locked in their coach and his strategy on Friday, Brad Scott. They are interested in Jack Bowes. And it was interesting that Brad Scott did speak over the weekend on radio and clarified that he was prepared for short-term pain in regard to the Bombers' trading position. He wants to use their picks as opposed to picking up experienced players. The Saints spoke, list manager James Gallagher, which is interesting given they're about to announce Jeff Walsh imminently as their head of football. But James spoke at the launch of the trade period. They want Brad Hill, but he did admit that he needs to play effectively better football and more consistent football given his pay packet, which is up to $900,000 a year. So I think still think Brad Hill at a price is in play. St Kilda also saying that Hunter Clark is a required player. And just briefly on Sydney, who also spoke while I was in the trade period, they're basically, uh, well, they haven't really committed to any deals as yet. Having said that, they are interested, and I think they'll end up with Aaron Francis from the Bombers at the conclusion of the trade period.
bringing you the latest in footy news before you hear it anywhere else. This is Tom Brown's News. The Bombers have made a significant appointment today off the back of appointing Brad Scott on Friday. They've appointed Andrew Thorburn as their CEO to replace Xavier Campbell after a search which the firm's consultant consulting company EY and the club has conducted. A lot of people in footy regard Thorburn who've dealt with him through his role at the NAB. There's a relationship between the AFL and NAB is a really decent person. A banking contact of mine said he's a really good operator. Exendon see Thorburn as a leader of people. He'll commence on the 1st of November. I think he's at the Crichton Medal, which is their best and fairest tonight or tomorrow night. One of his first challenges, Thorburn, will clearly be to clean up as part of the review. These are coteries and director issues they've all got that were highlighted very publicly on Friday when Kevin Sheedy showed huge loyalty but uh, set the cat amongst the pigeons by backing James Hurd, saying that he voted for James Hurd at the board meeting where they appointed Brad Scott last Thursday. So uh, Thorburn will have to clean up some of those issues. But by and, by and large, I think an exciting appointment for the Bombers today. They've now got a chairman locked in place. Obviously, the coach, Brad Scott, as well as Andrew Thorburn, who's a bit of a heavy, in the, well, was a heavy when he ran NAB in the banking community. And he's uh, applying his craft now to the Essendon Football Club. The Saturday Rub, Friday Huddle, Sunday Rub, Midweek Rub, Tom Brown's News and all the footy podcasts you need are in one place. Subscribe to Triple M Footy on the Listener app or wherever you get your podcasts. And just finally, the Hawthorne situation, put simply, is still a mess. The AFL is trying to put in panel, put in place a panel at the moment to resolve the issues to the satisfaction of all the parties, in particular trying to obviously make sure the alleged complainants are comfortable and part of that process. That is proving a significant challenge, evidenced by the fact that even today that panel isn't in place and there's no sign of it being in place today. Jeff Kennett spoke this morning in relation to the issue again, I think on the Today Show on 9. He said that he'd reached out to one of the alleged complainants but hadn't been able to get through now. He's the president, existing president of Hawthorne, um, which shows you how legalistic this has all become. Um, he also indicated that uh, perhaps mediation was a way of hopefully resolving it, and he thought he was hopeful of maybe uh, trying to get it resolved by Christmas at best. That's an amazing situation because there you'd find that North and Brisbane wouldn't have a coach in place by Christmas under that timeline. Um, Kennett also said that it didn't, in his view, amount to a crisis. He was challenged on that point. But uh, you can refer to those comments from Kennett in the range of press today. But basically, Kennett's alluded to mediation and this hopefully being resolved by Christmas. But as I just mentioned, the AFL is indicating to me today there's no panel in place as yet. And separate people linked to the alleged complainants are indicating to me that there are of no view at the moment to participate in the process. So it's an awfully, awfully complicated situation. This is Tom Brown's News, bringing you the latest in footy every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Here at first on Listener. And just finally, an issue that's simmering under the radar, but is a bit off Broadway at the moment because of the Hawthorne issue and the trade period is Tasmania. Clubs are scheduled to respond to Tasmania by this Friday. I just want to emphasise at the moment there's still no federal funding for a stadium, which Gil McLaughlin indicated he definitely needed um, on the day of the Brownlow when he spoke last in regards to this issue. Uh, There's also some concerns from clubs that uh, the sponsor revenues are overstated. The operating costs of the club have been underestimated. And uh, one club in particular pointing out to me today that only nine existing clubs are profitable The AFL obviously needs the federal government funding for the stadium. That's not going to be in place by this Friday. So it must be said it's pretty unclear how that's going to impact on the club's vote. Of course, the racism issue and scandal at the moment also not helping the AFL's case of getting that federal government funding. So uh, it's an awfully complicated situation, Tasmania. I think the AFL is so busy, it's sort of half been put on the back burner. And I'd be very surprised if by the end of this week, there was universal support in regards to a team for Tasmania. There's a lot of work to do still in regards to that project and a lot 
lot of clubs think if Gil McLaughlin wasn't leaving the AFL, it wouldn't even be close to a vote because there's so many issues to work through, including the talent piece as well. Triple M rocks football. That was Tom Brown's news. Come back every Monday, Thursday and Friday for more and subscribe to Triple M Footy on Listener or wherever you listen to get all our podcasts throughout the season. For Ream Hot Water and McDonald's, Triple M rocks footy.